You're listening to the Fan Holes Podcast, a pop culture science fiction podcast for the fans, by the fans. As a special treat, we present to you a small sample of the music of Bolas. guys you were just hearing some music by bolus it is a band which a member of bot talk forums named headmaster soundwave is a part of totally appreciate him lending his music to us for this week great band go check it out as you may well know i am tony chain calling the bot talk forums we also have our regular rose gallery of fan holes online this week let's go ahead and get everybody introduced and we'll get right into the topics LaSalle, this is brian and breakdown on the forums yo this is derek you know me as derek wc salutations it's mike i'm thunderwing Hey, this is Justin. I'm better known as Grimlock, the last surviving veteran of the War of 1812. <laughs> well done, guys. Just to go over a couple things we're going to be talking about this week, we got our full list of everything to talk about. we got Holy Grails, things that you guys really want to find but maybe never have been able to get a hold of, or if you have, you had to go through a lot of trouble to obtain them. we got Toy Special this week for Marvel Legends. If you guys don't know about this, the six-inch versions of these toys are returning after a long hiatus. Kind of excited about that. Yay! The cartoon topic for this week that we're going into is Symbiotic Titan. Kind of a rest in peace tribute because sadly this cartoon is going away. It's a really great show. It didn't get its fair share of airtime. And for the future, we're looking at Arkham City. The newest Batman console game looks really awesome. And of course, we will tell you what's awesome this week. What? Is your quest? I seek the grail. I just want to really jump into this because I'm kind of eager to hear what our holy grails are. Just going to throw it out to somebody in general. Hey, Mike, what's something you've always wanted but you never got a chance to get a hold of? Well, I guess like in terms of Transformers, I've always wanted like the X9 Ravage mold from Beast Wars, like any version of it, you know, Ravage or Tigatron or whatever. I never, I, I never could find one at a price I was willing to pay. And I'm not like 
looking for it every minute. Like every so often, I'll I'll go on eBay and just you know randomly type it in and see if anything is up there for like a price I'd be willing to pay. But I don't think that'll ever happen because I'm not really willing to pay any more than like <laughs> fifty bucks for it. So, but. You know, either version of the mold I'd like, you know, I like Ravage, but I think the mold really works really well for Tigatron because, you know, he is more Tiger than Maximal, and it's cool <laughs> beast head and the robot head are the same head, so it's kind of like symbolic in craft, but that's probably my holy grail. You ever had, like, close call with it? Were you almost good at for a good price, or has it just always I, been there, right out of reach? There, yeah, there was one time when, like, some online shop was, like, sell, had, like, 20 of them X9 Ravages on, like, eBay, for like you know, like forty or fifty bucks a piece, but I didn't get there in time, so I missed it. Oh, What's he yeah. typically run? And now he's like a hunt, like usually over a hundred, and like Tigatron is like over two hundred sometimes. Yeah. yeah, he was so. an exclusive, right? Tigatron, yeah, right? Botcon. Yeah, one one of the like two thousand something for Botcon. I don't know. Well, just to make Mike maybe cry more if yours is even more valuable, Justin. What do you what do you always want to get a hold of? Just never got a chance. Mine's also a Transformer. I've always wanted Fortress Maximus from Generation One, and I thought it was ironic because Brian posted on the forums he was looking for a certain checklist, and I can remember as a kid having a certain or not the certain one but a similar checklist and it had like power master prime and fortress maximus on it and i can remember just staring at that thing as a kid and like searing it <laughs> into my brain just like i gotta find fort max i gotta find fort max and i never saw him in stores as a kid i guess maybe it was just where we live in a rural area like none of the stores ever got it i guess because it was such a huge figure i saw him in person he was he had a huge box Did you guys ever see him at toys r us or anything before no. my time i think <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think with with all the Transformers that came out at that period, it always seemed like Trypticon and Fortress Maximus, at least in my peer group, always got the short end of the sticks, probably because of the price point and how big it was. It seemed like we all ended up with Metroplex and Scorponok rather than Ford Max or Trypticon. Yeah, I had a, actually had a friend who had Trypticon. It was a really cool figure. I agree with you though, Justin. Like. Fort Max is probably, especially on these shores, because we didn't really get Grand Maximus, the pretender version. He's a hard figure to get complete, especially, like, in the box. And when you do see him, just the prices are incredibly, like, astronomical. It's just disturbing. The closest I ever got, I was at a toy store, like, maybe eight or nine years ago, and they had the version from Robots in Disguise. Is it called Brave Maximus, I think? Yeah, that's Brave Max, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they had that there, like, it was complete, men in box, and... I think the guy wanted like 350, but he sure? he agreed to yeah he he agreed to go down to 300 because we'd had some past dealings and you know we trade toys and cut each other a break sometimes. But he was like, yeah, if if you want it, you know, I'll let you have it for 300. I was like, all right, awesome. So money was kind of tight, so it took me like two months to save up 300 dollars. <laughs> so you know, two two and a half months later, I go back and I'm like, I'm really stoked. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm finally gonna get, you know. A Fortress Maximus. He may be called Brave Maximus, but, you know, basically the same thing to me. So I go there, and I'm like, hey, I'm here for Brave Maximus. And the guy's like, uh, well, I kind of sold it a month ago. I was like, oh, man, damn it. But <laughs> You've uh, ruined yours and mine's yeah. future. <laughs> it was ruined forever. I, I was kind of relieved, though, because I wrestled, like, drive, the drive up there. I kind of wrestled with it because I was like, I'm paying $300 for a toy, and it's men in box. So... Am I going to take it out of the box and play with it and pose it, or am I just going to leave it in the box? And I wrestled with that decision the whole drive up there. So when it wasn't there, I was kind of relieved that the decision was taken out of my hands because I don't know 
what I would have done. I probably would have ended up, you know, taking it out of the box and playing with it or something. I'm about well, to say, Justin, three... I think I know you well enough that you would have taken it out of the box. <laughs> yeah, probably. I was going to say 300 bucks would buy a lot of booze, too, so that's probably another <laughs> dilemma right there. So I think I think that $300 went to, like, a lot of tacos and several bottles of, <laughs> several bottles of Jaeger oh, and gin. He left and got tacos and got drunk and went back there. He was like, you son of a bitch, and just punched him. <laughs> Throwing tacos at the store window. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving forever, and I'm going to drink a lot of Jaeger. Thanks. <laughs> oh man Derek I don't know if yours might be a different story is there a holy grail that you never get a hold of yeah basically so you guys can get an idea of what I'm talking about I actually found some images of it but it's a poster it's a poster of Wonder Woman that George Perez did and it's kind of a history poster and so I'll send some of the links so you can at least see what I'm talking about but this is kind of in line with I have an Avengers poster that basically had all the Avengers that existed up to that point, and the Wasp was the border of the Avengers, where it's the Wasp and all her costume that kind of, you know, all her different outfits over the years that surrounds all the different Avengers. And this was kind of done in the same vein. I remember seeing the poster a long time ago, but I don't think I was as interested in getting posters back then. But by the time I sort of had the interest in acquiring it, it just became kind of like a lost treasure thing because I, I never really would see it on eBay or at conventions or anything like that. I haven't, I kind of gave up looking for it. Like I haven't looked for it in a while. Like who knows, maybe if I tried to look for it again, I'd come across decently priced, you know, version of it. But I, you know, I, I just remember that being something where if I looked for it, you know, I found tons of different old posters, like vintage comic posters on eBay before, but none of them were this George Perez Wonder Woman poster. Well, the poster market is kind of weird because Marvel and DC release, release so many posters that, like, you have, like, a month or maybe a two-month time frame, and if you don't pick it up right then and there, it could possibly gone, be gone forever, so. Yeah, yeah, it kind of ends up disappearing a lot, yeah. Yeah, and that's, like really annoying because there's so many like great pictures out there that like are immortalized and you're like oh i would love to have that poster i don't have five bucks on me right now i have to go get tacos and booze and throw them at a window and... <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are essentials those are required <laughs> and you just never get a chance to grab them and then like later on you're like i could never find that like one image mm. speaking of that one thing hey brian i know you probably have an awesome holy grail you've been looking for forever what's uh is just transformers related to yeah actually it is i think i was pretty blessed as a kid because one I had nice parents and two i was the youngest of four so i think they babied me a lot so i ended up actually getting fort max for christmas one one year which is a pretty good story i'll have to share sometime but as an justin a... hates you right now <laughs> justin hates you <laughs> feel my anger I got Brave Max too, Justin. I'm staring at him right now. <laughs> from, from that same guy. He was the one who sold it to him. <laughs> I'm going to three ten for it. We are now secret nemesis. <laughs> um, as an adult collector, recently, for a while, it was Raiden. But I ended up getting the KO, and I got like maybe two or three of the train bots. And that kind of cured that want. But for a long time, like three or four years now, I've really been pursuing Lyle Kaiser. And yeah. just this last winter, I even offered a guy like a thousand bucks because he had one that was essentially complete. It had at least all the Gestalt parts and it had a really screwed up box, but he didn't take it. So that's what um, I'm currently just going Just for after. our fans who may not know a lot about Transformers, could you let everybody know what, like, I always said Leo Kaiser, but Lyle Kaiser, can you let them know uh, what that figure is? Yeah, it's a six team Gestalt from Japan, is Japan only. 
Uh, they're called the Breast Force, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, snicker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a really, really sweet-looking combined form that I've always liked. It's basically the, their faces peering through, like, lion heads and stuff. So I just always thought it was really cool. I, I have stuff like Road Caesar, like, to get Lyle Kaiser to just be the icing on the cake, really. Awesome. That's, is that, like, one of the very, like, the last few you need to finish your G1 collection? Well, as far as finishing my G1 collection, I'm only pursuing, like, American figures to consider oh, okay. that complete. But there are, like, oddball figures, like Overlord I really want, who's from the Euro and Japanese line, and Lyle Kaiser that I'm going to get as well. Cool. If you guys ever get a chance to get a peek at Brian's collection, he has some really great stuff. He's got, like, Grandis from Transformers Victory, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. kind of looked out on him because he was just on eBay one time. I think I got him for 260 bucks, but now he's going over a grand because people realize he's rare, I guess. Yeah. It was, like, 10 or 12 years ago that I got him, though, so I looked out. Yeah, he's probably, yeah, like you said, going for, like, yeah, about a grand now. <laughs> like just too much money the, the great thing about that figure is that he's again a japanese only character and yeah he's very much a brick but at the same time that whole series was more basers like bases and they had like dual functions you could have a robot and you can have a vehicle mode but they're also bases and they all interconnected and stuff it was actually a really cool concept but they never really explored that over here on these shores we just had kind of you know it is yeah, what it smaller is, micromaster bases yeah never got the big dudes I think probably mine is kind of a weird out-of-the-box one, I guess. One of the things I've always really, really wanted is, and I had it as a kid. That's why it's a holy grail, because I actually owned this for a minute. But then I have not had a chance to get it back, and I lost it. Like, it got destroyed or something. I can't really remember. It's been a long time ago. And the Shogun Warriors line from the 70s, they released a lot of these giant figures. They were, like, 24 inches tall, like, 2 feet tall. And you have, like, characters like Mazinger, <laughs> Transorzy. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of, I mean, I can't remember all the names. Uh, I want to say Shin Getter might've been one of them. He was, he had a different name too, but there are all these Japanese robots. But one of the characters they actually re- released in this scale was Godzilla. And I actually had the Shogun Warriors Godzilla. And it was such a great figure back then just because he was huge. For some reason, I don't understand this. I will never understand this to this day. But since he was in the Shogun Warriors line, he had wheels on his feet so he could roll because Godzilla this, did that. <laughs> is this the one that had the firing fist mechanism? He, I was just about to say, he could launch his fist like Transor Z, which, again, yeah. Godzilla did in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being obviously very sarcastic about that. He had like this little lever on the back of his head, and if you push down on it, it would shoot out a little bitty vinyl piece of plastic that looked like flames out of his mouth. It was kind of hokey, kind of cheesy, but at the same time, if you grew up with Godzilla like I did, I used to love Godzilla movies when I was a kid. I was like so enraptured with them. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And it looked just like the guy in the rubber suit. It wasn't like the Matthew Broderick crap that they released in the <laughs> 90s. It was like, you know, it looks like a guy in a rubber suit, and he just walks horribly, and he has no posability. Because, I mean, the only thing he can move was his arms and his legs, and they were just standard points at, like, the hips and the uh, shoulders. No articulation whatsoever, but he was just a giant figure, and just to get it again is just such a nostalgia kick if I could ever find it. But any time I've ever seen it, again, stupidly high prices. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it's worth it to me in a way, but monetarily it's like kind of like what, you know, Justin was saying. I would have really wrestled over it, like, do I want to take this out of the box, or do I want to, like, shoot the fist at, like, a whole bunch of drifts? I had a Godzilla toy as a kid, too. Your story brought up a good memory of mine. It was, like, a vinyl one. It wasn't all fancy or anything. It was just a plain Godzilla toy. 
but I always wanted to get him to do his atomic breath thing. So as a kid, I I put like Valvoline motor oil in his mouth and tried to set it on fire. And I was like, why is it this lighting? I don't understand. And I think out of frustration, I just ended up burning the whole toy. This is how it works in nature, damn it. Oil means fire. What's going on? That is awesome. All my uh, matches kept going out. Oh man, <laughs> uh, I'm actually surprised that like I think everybody here except for Derek had like a pretty much a toy going on as far as their nostalgia thing. I demand more toys. Oh, enough of this! What do I look like, Santa Claus? As far as nostalgia, Marvel is cooperating with Hasbro to bring back Marvel Legends, which for a while we've been getting the shorter end of the stick, no pun intended, with these. G.I. Joe, Star Wars size figures. There's a little bit of controversy because some people really like them. Some people are like, dude, these are not what we want. Toy Biz was originally known for doing Marvel Legends. They did a great job, I thought. What do you guys think about Marvel Legends coming back? I mean, I know, Ryan, I mean, I hate to go to you first because you just got done talking about it. I know you're a big Marvel Legends fan. What do you think about them coming back? I really enjoy Marvel Legends and DC Legend Universe Classics, whatever they're called, they're really long name. And I remember when Marvel Universe, the smaller scale, first came out, like, I purposely boycotted the line because I didn't want Marvel Legends to go away. But I think that, you know, Death Sentence was already written at that point, and the line died out. So I'm, like, super excited to see it come back. There's been a lot of characters that they've done in Marvel Universe that I'd look at, and I'd be like, man, I'd buy this if it's in the six-inch scale. So I'm really hoping they get some of those, like, D-lister and C-lister characters and they do them, like, full six-inch size. What, what any... kind of characters were, were you seeing, Brian, that you saw as part of the Marvel Universe line that you really wanted to see as part of this six-inch line? I can't really think of any off the top of my head. But... Constrictor? Swordsman? <laughs> Swordsman? <laughs> mean ju- mean ju- <laughs> yeah. You Brave to... Maximus. What? No, sorry, wrong toy line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a good wish list of what I'd like. And I was putting it together, and it didn't include Constrictor. And then most, like, five out of the six other ones I named were all New Warrior figures. So (laughs) I have my fingers crossed. Why is there no Rage? Damn it, I need Rage. (laughs) Well, actually, since you're a big fan, I got a question. Since I've seen your collection of Marvel Universe, and I mean, uh, Marvel uh, Legends, and it's very impressive. Has there ever been, like, because one of the things I think Hasbro kind of dropped the ball on, a lot of people said the Hasbro versions of Marvel Legends was not quite as good as Toy Biz. Were, was, did you kind of notice that, or were you completely okay with it? No, I, I can definitely agree with that. I have a lot of figures that seems like, especially with the, like the hips and the joints and the hips, they get like super loose. So you have to find like a real sweet spot for your characters to stand in, and you can't basically pose them in any other way because it's too loose. I know with the DC line, Mattel does a lot better job like with their hip design. All those figures are like super sturdy. I think we were talking about earlier this week, like just in the package even, compared to like the uh, Hasbro Marvel Legends, the DC figures just look a lot more sturdy just even looking at them. Yeah. I know there's been like quality control complaints with some. Like I do have an Aquaman where his biceps are switched, but I mean, it's kind of rare for me to encounter problems. So I think so far the Mattel line has been better. And I really hope Hasbro has learned their lesson, like with releasing, especially I have a pyro that the plastic is so soft that he literally cannot stand on his own. Like his legs gradually bow until he falls over. So I hope Hasbro like, you know, takes some lessons from Mattel and uses good quality plastic and maybe even redesigns the figures a little bit. Yeah. I know Derek and Mike and Justin are all pretty big Marvel fans. 
What do you guys think about this line coming back? Uh, Mike, for example, I know you read a lot of comics that most people don't know. A lot of the characters are kind of like some of them are obscure, like the uh, Marvel uh, Cosmic line with like the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Are there any figures you're kind of hoping come out? Yeah, you know, I've, I, I would always like what Brian was saying, like he, all his figures would be like New Warriors figures if they – his wish list. My wish list would be like all Thunderbolts figures pretty much. <laughs> I was going to say I, I also have a not inconsiderable amount of Marvel Legends, the six-inch kind. They're all packed away right now, but – I gave the little kind, the uh, the smaller universe kind of chance. I I have the Deadpool figure from that and the Hawkeye figure from that. And the Hawkeye figure is on my desk, but like you know, he he comes with his bow and one arrow, and the arrow does not attach to like it can't knock in the bow. He can't hold the arrow. He can't like store the arrow in its like, <laughs> like in the quiver in the uh like case of arrows he has on the back. So what the hell did they like give him an arrow for? Lay it at my feet, Mike. Exactly. How do you know? How do you know the Hawkeye figure on my desk talks to me, Brian? How do you <laughs> know that? Guess. It's the Hawkeye drama figure where you're just like must reach arrow to win no. battle. <laughs> no, but oh, the Deadpool figure he comes with. Let me think. He comes with two size, two swords, a pistol, like a machine gun or something. He can only actually hold in his hands the the machine gun, and that's using both hands to like <laughs> brace it. It's like, why do they even like give these figures accessories if they can't even hold them? But, yeah, I actually you know, do have that Deadpool figure, and you're absolutely correct. He cannot hold any of his weapons except for one, and again, you have to like super glue it and pray for the best. <laughs> well, you know. If, I'm, I'm glad more, the larger scale is coming back. I, I also agree with Brian that like when Hasbro took it over, the quality dropped a little bit. I think the sculpts got a little weaker. Um, a little articulation was dropped here and there. They don't have like a lot of toy biz had articulated fingers, and now they just have like molded hands, which can be good sometimes. But it depends on like what you know pose the hand is molded in. You know, so, right? But. Now, you know, you know it's kind of weird, like with the Iron Man line, the Walmart exclusive six inch Iron Man line, like War Machine and like the Iron Man they did, they came with like six different hands. And yeah, like, I have those. Yeah, those those are really nice. But like, yeah, those those were like an anomaly. Like, they, yeah, they, like, it, like, why did they put so much effort into these, but not everything else? Yeah, yeah it was especially weird considering they're only sold at Walmart. Like, you think those would be the crappy ones, and the ones they wanted the mass release would be the quality, but it's kind of backwards. I, yeah, I only it was, it was, it was a once. Yeah. It was a, it I was only a drunken Justin Barber outside, like, throwing tacos at the window. Make Iron Man good! <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man good! There's sour cream smeared all over the windows at Hasbro headquarters. I was going to say, I have no knowledge of that night, so I'm not <laughs> responsible for my actions. I, I was going to say, I only ever saw that Iron Man and War Machine once at Walmart, and that was the time I bought them. And after that, like, I guess they were at the mercy of the scalpers and, you know, oh, also kids, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they want toys. Yeah, damn kids. kids? <laughs> Stay away from toys I want to buy. <laughs> How dare you enjoy your childhood, damn it. <laughs> um Actually, I was going to ask Derek about this because I know you've kind of gotten out of toy collecting for the most part. Are you excited about this or just not really caring either way? I'm happy for people that are looking forward to it. Like, I still sort of vicariously live through 
seeing, you know, guys like Martz on Botox post his, you know, DC Direct figures and his customs and things like that. So, I mean, I definitely get excited when people like you guys post pictures of your collections and stuff. My experience with the Marvel Legends line is really limited. All I can tell you is I really like the Spider-Man Classics line, I guess, from it, I think it's called. Because I remember I bought one for my friend who was a big Spider-Man fan and thought it was really cool. And then at one point I bought one for myself. So I think he had the black costume Spider-Man and I bought the red and blue version of it. And I think those are the ones that came with like one of the McFarlane comics or something like that. And the reprint of the amazing 252 with the alien costume. And I I thought that that was a really great Spider-Man figure. From my background, it's like I'm used to having the, you know, the stupid Toy Biz one with suction cups that doesn't isn't very poseable. <laughs> or like, uh, you know, I, I grew up with the, the Marvel superhero Secret Wars guy who, you know, was bendable enough. You know, I could pose him if I wanted to, but not, you know, he, he wasn't meant to be posed in Spider-Man-like manners and ways. So, so to see a figure like that where you can kind of, you know, twist them all around and put them in these weird kind of arachnid poses and McFarlane crazy leg lifts and things like that. I always thought was kind of cool. I mean, otherwise, like I kind of every once in a while, I kind of look through the aisles and stuff. I know it's not related to Marvel Legends, but I, I saw some of those two packs of the Marvel Universe where they had the Dark Avengers. And I thought that would be kind of like cool. I, I always thought it was cool to try to get like a complete team or some kind of image. I remember at one point when I was collecting different toys, my goal was to get everyone who was in Marvel versus DC. So I would, you know, buy like a Ben Riley Spider-Man or, you know, a Superboy from Kenner and have them sort of like fight each other or like get a version of the Professor Hulk so he could, you know, fight like hippie haired Superman. Like to me, I was trying to like achieve some kind of, I guess, <laughs> you know, diorama scene set up or something like that. So, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is definitely interesting. Like, I hope people get their, you know, the versions of characters that they're looking forward to, you know, whether it's something like, you know, Bucky Cap or, you know, Dark Avengers or anything like that. That's cool. Now, I mean, and like I said, I know you're not as much into toys, but like, just as a comic fan, does the six-inch scale appeal to you more than, like, the three-inch scale? Like, if you saw a six-inch figure, would you be like, okay, I kind of want that over this little dinky figure? I don't know that the scale matters to me as much in terms of collecting, just because there's nothing... I, I would imagine people who already started a six-inch collection would want to continue that trend. It's kind of like you, you always felt let down, or it's kind of like, you know, you, you buy a bunch of VHS tapes... And then DVD comes out, so then you have to buy a bunch of DVDs, and then Blu-ray comes out, and then you kind of want to buy a bunch of Blu-rays. But, like, for me, I kind of made that rule where I'm like, you know what, if I already have it on DVD, I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray of it unless there's, like, something extremely different, you know, in terms of, like, special features or director's cuts or something like that. And, uh, you know, unless I've never bought it before, you know, so it's like I never, you know, I never had Iron Man on DVD. I just bought the Blu-ray from that point on or whatever. But with with the toy lines, I, I remember buying, say, all the, you know, Kenner Batman toys. So it's like you'd buy like the whole Batman Returns line and you'd buy, you know, Arctic Rainbow Scuba Numbnuts Batman and all these different <laughs> versions of Batman and eventually you'd kind of get burnt out on buying all these different Batman toys. 
And then, you know, or if you started buying, say, the animated series line, you know, you'd want to keep it consistent maybe and keep buying the the Justice League animated line because all those figures are at least the same style and size. But I, I couldn't see buying stuff like the DC Direct stuff where they change up the style. You know, I, I could understand people's desire to have certain figures done in an artistic style, whether it's, you know, Alex Ross or Ed McGinnis or something like that. But I, I couldn't see putting figures together that look completely different from one another. I couldn't see, like, Ed McGinnis Superman hanging out with Jim Lee Batman. You know, they would just sort of clash too much. And so I, I would just say that I would think if I had already been buying a six-inch line, I would want to continue buying it that way. And if I had never bought it, as long as the figure's quality were good, I, I would be interested in buying you know, the the smaller size series line. But they, whenever you see those figures up close, they always look worse than the, the photos or the pictures, you know, the promo pictures I see of them. <laughs> that, that's Hasbro's Photoshop. Photoshop. Yeah. 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 I know, Justin, I know Brian has a great collection. I did not know that Mike actually had a pretty good collection of Marvel Legends. Are you pretty avid collector yourself or never really got into them? No, I've always been big into Marvel Legends. I mean, I've got a bunch. I've been going through them recently, and, you know, some of the lesser characters I don't really care for, like Hulkbuster Armor, Iron Man, or the leader of somebody. I've been selling those off, but, I mean, I'm really excited Marvel Legends is coming back. I just, I hope they fix their distribution problems. I know in my area, there were a whole wave where I would never find anything. The whole the Thing Thing Foom series, the only time I ever found those figures was in a toy shop, and they were all like 25 to $30. So I was like, well, I'm not, that's not going to happen. And I never found the Nemesis wave either, and I really wanted the Black Bolt and the Nova out of that wave, and I never ever found those. But yeah, I'm really excited it's coming back. I hope they do you know, certain characters like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Those have been mentioned. I really enjoy those comics. I've been getting those a lot recently, and I'd like to see the future foundation version of the fantastic four now with their white costumes i'd like to see versions of those and of course swordsman which everybody (laughs) everybody would have to buy the swordsman please could they just have a whole a whole swordsman line where it's like the original swordsman (laughs) and the heroes reborn swordsman and you know i'd I'd buy the t-bolt swordsman and the t-bolt swordsman see we got four figures already so I was just thinking they could just do a whole line of like Mort or D-list characters and throw in you know one or two versions of the Swordsman, but I'm sure that'll never ever happen. I, I'm not, be awesome. I'm not going to get the build a figure for Jack of Hearts. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy two and send you one. It comes in regular and zombie version. <laughs> Everything comes in zombie version now. Um. <laughs> it's kind of cool you mentioned Nova Justin because he was a figure I was just looking forward to too. And, like, I never, ever found that wave and actually thought that Marvel Legends had been canceled before it was released. I think I was talking to, like, Omega Prime on the boards, and he's like, no, it's out. And I ended up having to get it from eBay. eBay is always the last option, but sometimes you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brian, I, I didn't even know that new Deadpool was out, the Deadpool and Warpath 2-pack. I had to end up getting that off eBay myself. Yeah. So do you guys think that Hasbro's going to, like, release some figures we haven't seen before? Or do you think, to begin with, it'll be more a retread, like, we'll get another Spider-Man and a new Captain America? I would Captain America's a lock. Yeah, I would imagine it's tied into the the Avengers movie in some shape, form, or way. Or at least trying to capitalize on the buzz from that, too. You know, I would imagine 
there'd be Avenger type figures as part of their re-release. Yeah, I would like to get a, a Bucky cap. I know there's the Marvel Select version, but it's like, you know, upwards to twenty to thirty dollars sometimes when I find it. But I would just like, you know, I would probably shell out fifteen dollars for Marvel Legends Bucky cap just because I like the character so much. Is he one that was released in Marvel Universe as well? Yeah, I think there was a version of him, but he came with like Giant Man or like a scroll Giant Man or something, and it was like thirty dollars, and I never got that version. Yeah. I know there there's at least promo and it might have been released of like a Firestar figure who would have been really awesome for me but I never saw it. Do you do you find like cuz this is just something I noticed but it seems like there's not a lot of I I could be wrong but it seems like there's not as many female characters as as male characters. I mean in terms of like new warriors it's like do you think you're a lot less likely to see Namorita or Firestar show up cuz I, I was kind of thinking about when I saw those Dark Avenger two packs, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe you know it'd be kind of cool just for for shits and giggles if I you know got the Dark Avengers just for fun. And I was like, okay, well they got Iron Patriot. I'm all they've got a Sentry figure. You could get a black suited Spider Man, and you could get a Hawkeye figure, and you know you could get Wolverine Dawkins or whatever. But then I went, oh, do they even have a Moonstone figure? And I go, probably not. And I just kind of went, eh. Well, that's kind of lame then. You know, like, to me, I was like, oh, that kind of shot down my, you know, my train of thought or my my hopes or something. Yeah, there's definitely, like, an underrepresentation of female characters. It's probably just because, you know, they imagine most kids that want to buy these action figures are going to be boys. And most boys don't want to play with, essentially, a Barbie doll. So they kind of get screwed. It's weird, though, because some of them seem like it's strictly done for collectors. Like, I was thinking about, like, the the Legion of Superheroes 10-pack from from the DC line that's supposed to come out. And even that, I'm kind of like, there's not a whole lot of girl, you know, Legionnaires in that. But I'm kind of like, well, that's going to be some kind of, you know, super expensive, you know, thing from Mattel that only, like, you know... 500 people are gonna buy or whatever it is you know what i mean like and you'd think like oh well isn't that like the prime time to you know include those hard to build you know figures in a group set as opposed to trying to pawn them off individually and letting them sort of you know flood the shelves like 100 baronesses did you know back in the day with gi joe but I guess not. Not only that, but I think like the uh, even Toy Biz kind of had this problem is the way they articulate the uh, characters. They never really have made really good female characters for the Marvel Legends line. They always kind of come off looking kind of wonky. This I had in mind the Scarlet Witch. That was just a, such a terrible looking figure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I her face it. is awful. <laughs> I bought it anyway just because I was collecting the Avengers at the time. But I was just like, uh, no, I don't really want to buy this because it looks so terrible. But I bought it anyway. But that's one of the figures I recently called, and I always thought the Black Widow figure looked kind of weird. Just, just the way like her head went into her neck, it always seemed like her neck was way too fat for her head, so I never bought that one. They always kind of seem to give the women, and I hate to be explicit in this, but they seem to give them really big crotches. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's way... part of the hip design, the poor hip design. Yeah. The way they have to do it almost with the way they have it. They just look really weird. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, it's, you know, we... You know? Thanks, Lance. Symbiotic Titan is... <laughs> I, I had to go with something. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, we were going to talk about Symbiotic Titan this week because this is a show that's been on Cartoon Network for a while. I hate to leave Marvel Legends, but seriously, there's so much love for this toy line. We could talk about it again, like last week, all night. Symbiotic Titan is reaching its conclusion very soon. It was a cartoon on Cartoon Network done by uh, Gennady Tart. 
Tchaikovsky, I believe is his name, is how it's pronounced. You may be familiar with his work on Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab. Also, he did the much, much critically appraised Clone Wars cartoon, not the 3D version, but the actual 2D version. And it was like, Simeon Italian got a lot of love. A lot of people liked it. It was a very kind of mashup of Western and Eastern philosophies as far as like a giant robot cartoon. I like the episodes I've seen. Are you guys going to miss it? Are you guys like, you know, think that this is kind of a poor choice? I know Derek was talking about earlier. What do you think about it? Yeah, I've been following it pretty consistently. It's one of those cartoons where the best way I can describe it is I'm not always chomping at the bit to watch the new episode, but whenever I finally sit down and, you know, watch whatever I saved on the DVR, I'm always happy I sat through it and watched it because it's always good quality stuff. Gendy Tartakovsky, like you said, he did the really good Clone Wars shorts and he did Samurai Jack and Dexter's Lab and all that kind of stuff. So I've always liked his work to begin with. So that's why I kind of checked it out. I said, oh, there's going to be a giant robot show and it's going to be by, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky. So I, I should check that out. And the the lineup, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's very influenced by Voltron because, you know, they've got the one kid on it you know, that's guarding the princess, and the kid's name is Lance. So it's like you can see he's named after, you know, one of the Voltron guys and stuff like that. And then they've the guy, got... The guy was tortured for, like, three months. <laughs> right, and, and uh, you know, and so... And then you've got the princess's name is Ilana, and then you've got Octus. Ilana! Who... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so you've got... I, I swear you guys have ruined that name for me. All I hear is your, <laughs> your voice is doing that <laughs> impersonation of Colossus. It's awful. <laughs> sorry, Derek, man, go ahead. No, 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 just... So, so nobody gets confused. Ilana and Ilana are not the same. <laughs> Ilana is the princess on Symbiotic Titan, who is is a lot like the princess in Voltron too. I mean, you know that like to me, it seems very similar to that show, at least in theme and nature. You know, you've got the bad guys are always sending some kind of you know robeast like monster to to kill them on earth and stuff i was gonna say the only thing that i didn't like when i first started watching it is they kind of you know set it up to where the military was always trying to hunt them down and stuff like that so uh, to me i'm always kind of like oh i you know i'm unless it's like the hulk or something where it's already been you know pretty much established like that the hulk is gonna smash the u.s military or whatever but otherwise other than that like i i generally like the show a lot and uh, I think the music on it is really, really good. Like, I, I, I kind of like, like, there was an episode where Lance ended up joining a band and stuff like that. And then they, you know, they're playing the song while the, you know, Titan is up fighting the, you know, monster and stuff like that. So I, 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 there's just plenty of stuff to like about it. So, yeah, I am I am disappointed that it's not going to get renewed and it's not going to have any more episodes. I I even liked the whole relationship they had between Octus and the girl Kimmy and you know I I thought all those things were really good so yeah I'm I'm definitely sad to see it go and I think it's a good cartoon I I hope you know they they at least release it on DVD in a decent you know package set or maybe even on Blu-ray or something like that I would definitely pick it up Do you actually think that there is a lack of interest from like actual fans or do you actually kind of buy into the Fox Network you know, philosophy of, okay, well, we're going to cancel this show because it's really good and we hate things that are good. 
<laughs> I don't know if well, I don't know if it's that people hate things that are good, but it sounded like the message that people were getting from Cartoon Network was that there weren't a bunch of toys or product placement oh, okay. to tie into the show. And since they weren't <laughs> making money off that, apparently, no matter what the ratings were, that just wasn't good enough for Cartoon Network. So I, cause it, from what I understand, it didn't get bad ratings. It wasn't like it wasn't bringing in the advertising revenue. It's just that there weren't, you know, underoos and, you know, ho-ho cupcakes and all this other, you know, crap to tie into Symbiotic it. snack cakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wouldn't some of that, like, they know when they're developing the show that, you know, maybe we don't have a lot of toys for this? Or do they just expect that other companies are going to come in and want to license stuff? And that didn't happen. Yeah, may, maybe that's it. I mean, because I, I can't imagine that there aren't toys to be made from that show. I mean, they've got the, you know, they've got the individual cast members. But then each guy, you know, Lance turns into his own soldier robot you know he's the purple robot and then uh elana turns into the yellow kind of mech robot armor and then octus you know when he doesn't look like his human form he's got his sort of translucent robot body or whatever so i mean to me i'm like well even if you didn't like the the human you know action figures you've got three robot toys right there beyond you know, whatever, how many versions you could hawk out of the Titan himself and then all the different, you know, monsters and stuff that they would have to fight. So, I I mean, maybe I'm being too simplistic about it. Maybe you need, you know, one guy like Batman and to sell like (laughs) 40,000 versions of, you know, angry rainbow you know, chef Arctic Batman. Batman or whatever, you know, and, and they don't have symbiotic Titan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't have, you know, they don't have, you know, Antarctic frosty freeze Titan, you know, rainbow Cape extreme version of the figure. But, you know, I, I, I can't see why they, there wouldn't be people that would want to not license it or make, you know, something out of it, whether it was, you know, toys or video games or electronic things or, you know, whatever. I don't know if the rest of you guys got a chance to get into it as much. I probably, I'm probably about on the same level as Derek. I've seen a couple episodes. I thought it was really well done. I enjoyed the episodes I saw. I think might have been Mike. Were you talking about the one where they had kind of like the Tokyo Drift kind of vibe to it? No, that wasn't me. Was I, I've only seen the first two episodes. That was someone else. That was me. That was you? Oh, yeah. What, yeah. I mean, did you like the idea that they kind of didn't just go with the, you know, I, I hate to say it because you're, you're a fan. I actually do like them myself. But, like, the standard Power Rangers thing of, like, Big Monster, Big Monster Grow, they actually had, like, a subplot that didn't really have anything to do with Big Monsters destroying everything. Yeah, I was fine with that episode because it actually seemed like a throwback to a lot of the old Speed Racer episodes because they were, like, doing crazy stuff like – you know, they were jumping from, like, falling block to falling block and then back to the road and doing crazy <laughs> stuff and sliding around. So it seemed like just – I mean, it could have been an episode of Speed Racer to me, and I was fine with that. Like, that was really good. What I like about the show is it has a lot of, like, influences from older anime. Like, Lance seems very much to be, like, based on, like, Joe or Ken from Gotchamon, and he, he seems to have, like, that kind of 70s hairstyle. And, you know, he's, a, you know, kind of a badass, and every time he – fiddles with his watch i keep expecting him to like turn into you know like ken deagle or something but <laughs> i like all the references and you know kind of like derek was saying it's, it seems to be very much inspired like by voltron and i kind of see a lot of gigantor in it too like especially when they when they go into space he has like that visor and stuff that comes down i'm like oh yeah that's definitely a gigantor influence 
That's cool. What about you, Brian or Mike? Did you guys? You said you seen this one episode, Mike. I mean, well, I always was meaning to like start watching this show, but I just never got around to it. So, like when we decided we were going to talk about this, I like did my homework and I, I watched the first two episodes, and I I really enjoyed it a lot. And now that we know that it's only going to be like twenty episodes, and then it's going to be canned, I'll probably like track down the rest of it now. I liked it a lot. You know, the first episode it like gave you that good feeling that like. You know, the writers already had, like, a really, like, rich, like, mythos already, like, laid out. You know, it just felt like really, uh, it had substance, and it was a lot of fun. And I was surprised at the amount of violence in the first two episodes. Like, what's it, What's his name? The the bad guy, uh, Medulla? Like, he, he snaps that guy's neck on, uh, like, on screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. When... I, was, I was really surprised at that. Like, you know, I guess, well, not on screen. Like, you just see the guy's feet, and you hear the snap. And the guy's like feet like jerk, and then he drops the body. But you know, yeah, I, w- I was kind of surprised by that too. There's a lot more of that kind of stuff in later episodes. Like there's an episode where Lance gets into this epic, you know, sword duel with a oh yeah yeah another yeah. guy. Like he ends up stabbing the guy, and I was just like, I was just like, whoa, that that was a little bit graphic for that. Like, that was a, a really really good sword fight too. Yeah, it was. But was uh, awesome. what's his face? Gendi uh, Tarta. I I never can say his last name. I always say like Gendi, Tarta. Yeah. yeah, well he's 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 really good with like fight choreography and like obviously like the Clone Wars show had awesome fights in it and Samurai Jack had really good fights in it. And, you know, I was actually watching the commentary uh, for Iron Man 2 a couple months ago. John Favreau actually mentioned he brought in Gendy Tartakowski to to uh, help with that final battle when Iron Man and War Machine are fighting all the drones. Because he, he was like, oh, Gendy knows how to, like, blow up robots, right? So <laughs> and I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm definitely going to look into seeing the rest of the series now. And, and I think it's worth it if you keep watching, because I know... I know there are some people out there who like to have everything served up to them, like all in the first episode. They want to see the origin right away. But I, I think with <laughs> look at that, with, yeah, well, I think with <laughs> with this show, it's it's something that reminded me of other series I've seen in the past, like whether it's Spider Man and his Amazing Friends or different things like that. Where you know, if you stick with the show, you'll learn more about the characters' past, and they don't give it to you all in one shot. And eventually, it, it actually makes more sense that you see it. You know, it, it means more that you see it later and you didn't have it served to you all right away because there's still some element of mystery to the characters and, and you like learning more about them as the series progresses. Yeah, I really, you know, they were all very likable characters. Like, you, you know, I, I what was attached to them right from the first episode, which is always a good sign. I, I really like the way Octus talks. Just like, like it's not quite a robot, but not quite human. It's really right. good, like voice acting. He was like, "I believe that this is a thing we must do by going over here," and blah blah blah. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, uh, Brian. Brian, what do you think? Well, I when the promos and stuff were first coming out. I thought it looked cool. I enjoyed, like, the style that they uh, looked like it was going to be. I was actually watching the first episode when it premiered. And I was laying down on the bed in my wife and I's bedroom. <laughs> and is when they were starting the high school scene, and my wife came in and started making fun of me for watching it. So I, <laughs> I turned it off, and I never really ever watched it again. So that's pretty much my whole history of Symbiotic Titan. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, she ruined yeah. it for me. 
<laughs> she killed it forever. You had a uh, you had something you wanted to say about it, didn't you, Justin? Yeah, I just have like one little fun fact. You know, the character Solomon, the three G guy who stalks him sometimes. He's voiced by Tim Russ, who played Tuvok on Star Trek Voyager. Cool. Actually, uh, you were talking about Octus. He's actually voiced by one of my favorite comedians, Brian Posehn, which I thought was kind of cool. He's a very funny guy. You should check out his stand up. Doesn't have really anything to do with the show, but. He's one of my favorite actors. Well, comedic actors. Yeah, it's a good show. I'm sorry to see it go. I actually wish it was still on like after its current run so I could actually get more into it. But sadly, sometimes good shows go away. So, For the future! Speaking of going away and going into the future, there's a cool game coming out very soon, especially if you're a DC fan and in specific if you're a Batman fan called Arkham City. There's not a whole lot been released about it, but there have been a couple of uh, trailers, a couple of things that we've seen of it. I, myself, think it's going to be a really awesome game. It's coming out October 18th, 2011, so got a couple of months to get more hype for it. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? I mean, Derek, are you all hype about it, or are Batman games kind of, you know, burned you in the past, or what do you think? No, I, I, I don't think Batman games have necessarily burned me or anything. I have not yet played the original Batman Arkham game either, though. I, I messed around with the, you know, preview or the, you know, the, the you know, what do they call it? The I'm, demo? I'm a blank. Yeah, the demo version of it on, on the PS3. And, I you know, I, I, I thought it was entertaining. I just, you know, most games, I, I, I it's just... I guess a stickler point with me, but most of the time I don't feel like paying, you know, 60 bucks for a brand new game. So to me, I, I think by the time Arkham City comes out, I'll probably just buy, you know, Arkham Asylum thinking like, hey, I bet you I can get it for like 15 or 20 bucks or something. And then maybe, I, but, but then the, the thing that's funny about me though is I think video games sometimes, unless I sit down and just play it all in one sitting and, and go kind of insane with it sometimes. I, I would treat it like a book, and sometimes I'm good enough to, you know, just say, hey, I'm going to read a chapter every night and go to bed. And with video games, I would often just kind of play a level every night and go to bed. But sometimes it just gets to the point where, you know, I'll, I'll read a couple chapters or play a couple levels and then sort of drop it. Like, I, I kind of did that with Wolverine Origins. Like, I played, I think, up until... I don't know, the fifth level or wh whatever level it was. And I just, I, you know, I think I got to some point where I was like, oh, I, I couldn't beat some stupid boss and I put it down and I just never picked it back up. Whereas with, you know, something like the darkness or whatever, I just kind of kept playing it till I finished it. Or I played Batman Brave and the Bold, I think was like the last game I played all the way through straight through, which I really enjoyed. So, you know, I, I guess it just depends on, you know, your your mindset and how into things you are. Brian sent a trailer to me for the Arkham City thing, and I, I remember seeing all the designs and thinking they were kind of like helter-skelter. Like, I, I don't know, I was kind of surprised. They were definitely, you know, extreme, you know, version <laughs> of Harley Quinn or whatever, you know, and that kind of thing. But, I, I, you know, I, it seems like a lot of people have said really, really good things about the games and have been entertained by them. I mean, especially for Batman, it seems like, having, you know, the play modes that they do where he's very stealthy and, you know, he, you know, he has his detective mode where he can find different traps and contraptions and things like that. I, you know, all that stuff sounds like it works really, really well for a Batman-type game. Actually, Brian, I was going to ask you about this because I know you're probably, as far as our crew goes, probably the most gaming proficient. 
Does it seem like, as far as you know from it, going to be more like the Arkham Asylum game where there's a lot of stealth involved and you're sneaking around, or is it going to be more of a smash-mouth, punch-people-out kind of thing? Probably a bit. I know that they've added like a lot more combos, and they've really upgraded the free-flow like combo system, like jumping from one bad guy to another. I read an article. I know that's upgraded. Also, in that same article, I think they'd heard some complaints that pretty much everyone was playing only in detective mode. For those not familiar with the first game, you could basically push a button, and there's no penalty. Like, you didn't have, like, a detective mode meter that counted down. It, it put, like, all these hidden objectives. It made them visible. You could see bad guys through walls, all this stuff. So there's really no no reason not to play all the time in detective mode, except that you missed some great graphics. So that was one complaint they got, so I think they're at least tweaking it. I don't know exactly how they're changing it, but I know there will be updates like that. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a pretty cool game. But Mike, I don't know if you're very familiar with it as far as beyond the trailer. I mean, have you liked what you saw? Do you think it's something you might want to get into? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I played the first game, and I, I definitely will play probably buy this one. I agree with Brian. My roommate always complains about the de- he always complained about the detective mode in the first one, and it was like you know this game looks gorgeous, but there's no reason for you not to look at it like all green tinted all the time because you know you can see all the enemies and all that. But you know I I hope they really do fix that. The first game I liked, but you know there were there were parts of it I thought were kind of tedious, like some of the boss fights, like uh, Killer Croc's boss fight was like extremely tedious and like I wasn't having fun playing it so I, I like it, it's it's a whole thing where you have to run into Croc's lair lure him all the way back to the entrance of Croc's lair and then like the, only there can you damage him and then like he runs all the way back to the end of his lair and you have to run all the way back like it's a maze and you have to keep going back and forth and it got really yeah. tiresome and it took like a half hour to beat not yeah, very organic, so, just kind of... Yeah, so yeah that was a very long fight. Yeah, so I hope they, like, improve stuff like that. I really liked... There's a lot of, like, Easter eggs in the game. There's, like, a cameo by Rachel Ghoul. Like, when you're in the morgue of Arkham, you see, like, an open drawer with a, a corpse sticking out, and, like, the toe tag says Rachel Ghoul on it. Nice, and when, cool. And when, when you leave the morgue and you come back, the corpse is gone. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> I didn't and, notice that. That's cool. Yeah, that, and there's another part where you like you go into another wing of Arkham and you see Commissioner Gordon behind one of the like cells, and he's like, "I'm the commissioner. Let me out." And like you wouldn't know what you're supposed to do, but then if you look at like the sign, it says the cell belongs to Clayface. So you're uh, like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." And if you leave that room and go back, it's like a different person in the <laughs> cell every single time. Sometimes it's Morgan like the Freedom. mayor. Yeah, sometimes it's Morgan Freeman. No, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> Fortress Maximus. Yeah, sometimes it's Fortress Maximus. Sometimes it's Brave Max. <laughs> sometimes it's Brave Maximus. He's throwing no. tacos at you. But so I really liked stuff like that, and I like you know, like I said, I liked less so the really tedious boss fights sometimes. I mean, some of them were fun, like the Bane fight is really fun, but like the fine, even the final boss fight, which is against the Joker, is kind of tedious. It's like you know. This uh, the standard video game thing of wait for him to do this one thing that it takes him like ten minutes to do, and then you have to like damage him for all your work, <laughs> or right. and then you have to wait like another ten minutes for him to you know prance around and go blah blah blah. I'm gonna kill you blah blah blah. And, you know, but, actual yeah. actual actual voices from the game blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. That's exactly yep. 
Mark I, I was going to ask really phoning it in. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask Mike or Brian if they had an answer for this. But what what would you think they would need to do to quote unquote fix detective mode? Like, is there something you would rather see than how it was set up, or is it just a kind of like? I mean, would you want detective mode to be in a timeout meter? Would that fix it, or would that just be just as annoying? Like, what I'm just wondering, what would fix detective mode? Make it so you can't, like, see too well, except for, yeah. like, the objectives, is, you is know? Is it kind of like, like a cheat in the game? Do you think it's kind of, like, not really fair, like, to just be like, okay, screw the cutscenes, I'm just going to totally breeze through this and know where everything is? Yeah, but more or less. Well, you know, it's not even the cutscenes, it's just, like, you know, in-game things. Like, you'll enter yeah. a room with detective mode on, and it'll show you exactly, like, where all the enemies are, like Brian, like Brian said. And, you know, you can you can tell, like, wh- when their backs are turned to you, so you can, you know, just run up and, like, grab them and muffle them and beat them up and stuff. So it's kind of, you know... It's just why play in the other mode if you have this. Yeah. Right. It, it definitely so, needs limited in some way, like, whether it could be, like, a battery meter that goes down or even, like, like Mike was saying, if you could, like, limit your field of vision when you're in it, like maybe just center out the screen almost like you're looking through a camera. Like anything like that I think would be an improvement. So basically like during Tower of Babel, like Batman was in detective <laughs> mode when he owned the Justice League pretty much. Yep, right? That's exactly it. <laughs> oh and like I, it, it shows it shows a green silhouette of Superman and then like the, the screen show also shows a green silhouette of a manhole cover in the distance and <laughs> Well no, it'd be like orange. Yeah, or yeah, yeah like orange. clues and orange, like yeah, red kryptonite. Like, this interacts with this. <laughs> <laughs> you will kill him this way. I hate to uh, bring up the come out where I can see you, Charles, moment of the podcast, but Justin is not totally hyped for this. He doesn't seem to hate it, but I know you don't really have a lot to share about it. I mean, what do you, what do you think about the game, Justin? A lot. I haven't even played the first one, so I don't really have much to say. <laughs> it's a game. It exists. Yeah, like I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm not that big of a gamer these days, unless it's you know, unless I'm sitting down to play Mega Man Two or Castlevania or something. But heck yeah, you know, I mean, if you uh, go in Mega Man Two and use Detective Mode, you can totally find out which way Woodman's going to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I've I've uh I've seen a friend play the first Arkham Asylum for a few minutes. I mean, it looked like it's something I would sit down and play, but I don't know. I'm just not much of a you know current gamer these days. I haven't played really hardcore, but Arkham Asylum, I will agree with Mike. It's a very pretty game. I played like the first level and the stealth and everything like that. It's very much in the Batman mythos. They've done a lot better than some games. There's a lot of bad Batman games out there, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'll probably give it a try. See if I can. Dark tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, the only Batman game I could think of that I actually liked before Arkham Asylum was the one for NES, like, 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, the Sunsoft game that was loosely based on the movie. Yeah, that was a really Yeah. I really like Batman Returns for the SNES, just because it's fun. And oh, yeah, it's a beat 'em up yeah. As far as, as far as recent games go, the, the only recent game that I remember I enjoyed playing was... I did like playing Batman Vengeance, oh. the first animated one. I thought that was a pretty fun game. Okay, that was the last one I played. I was just about to ask that. I was like, what was the first? Was It, it was using the Red Sky designs? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay. not not the Jim Lee piece of shit yeah. Sun one, but the one before that. The Sun, one Sun called... Tzu, yeah, or whatever it was, yeah. That's kind of sad there's no actual confrontation with the Riddler at the end of Arkham, Arkham Asylum. That really like after... pissed me off, too, yeah. Yeah, after you spend all that time, you know, 
getting all those clues put together. Like, you don't actually get a confrontation with them. Basically, the Riddler, like, mocks you for the entire game, and you don't even ever see him. <laughs> it's kind of like, like yeah. that moment in Batman Begins where I finally caught up with the guy who kept hearing me be stealthy when I was trying to get to the helicopter. And when I finally caught that guy, I just wanted to beat the crap out of him. So I guess you don't, <laughs> you don't get that moment with Riddler. Because I remember there, there was this moment in Batman Begins where, like, if you make, like, the slightest noise and you don't glide over everything, like, the, the one, one of Ra's al Ghul's men is like, Hey, it's the Batman! And then you get like, <laughs> what's going on here? I hated that guy because I'm like, dude, I hate you. I can't get past that guy. And like for, you know, it was like 30 minutes. <laughs> it's the Batman! Like, when I finally caught up to that guy, I'm like, I got you now, you son of a bitch. Where is he? You know, and I just kept punching him until he died. <laughs> yeah, that moment never happens with Riddler. Riddler is to Arkham Asylum as Brave Max is to Justin. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. Is he in Riddler? No. Hey, Mike, does the Riddler mock you as bad as Jonathan Frakes in Factor? <laughs> yes. <Beyond the Beast? laughs> yes, and you don't even, yeah. He's like, and he's also, he's very much like that. He's like, when you find a clue, he's like, oh, well, that was just an easy one. I have many, you know, you'll never find all of them. And then, like, yeah. when you find the really hard ones where you have to, like, glide for, like, 20 minutes and, like, find this one little hole in the wall that there's a clue. He's like, ho, 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 wow, you did a lot of work for that one. Good for you. Riddle me this. What? Yeah. Dark Knight Winged Avenger is dumber than a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. I see you see clearly as a bat. You do know bats are blind. <laughs> One thing I always thought was funny in that game is, and uh, Brian will attest to this, is the, when you're on Arkham Island and, like, if you're at the edge of the island and you fall off, like, Batman automatically, like, grapples himself back up so you can't, like, kill yourself even. Like, I yeah. don't want to, you're like, I don't want to do this Killer Croc fight anymore. I'm just going to go kill myself. <laughs> I'm going to end it all. Myself. I must live. Gosh, and that sounds pretty. I mean, it does sound pretty awesome by most accounts. So I, I'm really wanting to give it a chance. Speaking of awesomeness, it is time for that part of the show where we do talk about the coolest things that we are currently experiencing. They're on our minds. They're going to be released soon. Something awesome that is going on right now. Let's go with Justin. What do you think is really cool this week? Well, currently I'm reading The Kingdom Beyond the Ways by Stephen Hunt, and I talked one to, I talked about one of his previous books on the show, The Court of the Air, and this is kind of set in the same world. It's you know that same world of like steampunk and magic, and like I'm only a hundred pages into it so far, but it's very much a mix of like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea meets steampunk and magic, but it's really good. Cool, cool. What about you, Derek? What's going on in your uh, sector of the uh, country? It's pretty cool right now. I just wanted to give a shout out to what I thought was a, a decent enjoyable idw comic book since we were ragging on all the recent transformers comic books john byrne is the writer artist for a star trek idw comic it's called leonard mccoy frontier doctor oh, and cool. Cool. I, I just wanted to point that out as something that i found pretty enjoyable it's it's typical john byrne you know he's got a lot of clever clever explanations but i think it works within the context of star trek it's it's set a little bit before the motion picture and the basic structure of the stories. It's it's a four-issue miniseries, and they've got a trade paperback of it out now. And basically, it 
follows the adventures of Leonard McCoy, frontier doctor in outer space, and he's just basically writing handwritten letters to Admiral Kirk and his, you know, his hairpiece back in San Francisco, <laughs> you know, detailing all the uh, adventures, you know, so Leonard McCoy has his, you know, his hippie beard from the 70s or whatever that he had when he first, you know, stepped into the transporter beam in the motion picture. And I, I just, you know, I found the stories entertaining. And if you if you liked uh, the Gary Seven miniseries that he did before, they also make a repeat appearance as well. So I just wanted to mention that, you know, not every single IDW comic book is, is you know, the the most horrible thing in the world. Yeah, the the uh, IDW Star Trek comics are actually usually pretty good. I haven't picked up the one you were talking about. I've been meaning to pick it up, but all the other stuff, like the original series stuff, the mini series that they've had, and the ones for TNG have always been pretty good. Yeah, when I when I first read the prequel comic to the the J.J. Abrams movie, it was sort of like when I knew, like even before I watched the movie, that I had really high hopes for it and and sort of knew in the back of my head that I would be thoroughly entertained and appreciate it, as opposed to say, you know, reading like Green Hornet prequel comics and going, oh crap, you know, <laughs> like yeah. So Jonathan Frakes at the end of every issue, like, oh, so did you like this issue? If you did, <laughs> if you did, send Admiral Kirk's hairpiece a letter. At San Francisco Starfleet headquarters. <laughs> no, that's cool though. It's good to know that like IDW does do some good stuff. We're just yeah, not really fans of the Transformer thing, but it's hard to do Star Trek really well. So that's pretty cool. That they're actually putting out some good stuff. What about you, Mike? Man, what's going on over there? I just got from Amazon the second redone Evangelion movie, Evangelion uh, 2.22. Well, that's what the DVD is called. They basically they're they're redoing Evangelion, but in four move in four movies instead of like a new series. It's not like reused animation; like it's totally new animation, new everything. Like uh, this, like at the end of this one, it might be a whole new story now. Hopefully, without like the clusterfuck <laughs> ending of the series. <laughs> I was about to say, not so, to play devil's yeah. advocate, but does it make sense now? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I enjoyed it a lot. It's very nicely animated. I should mention the first Rebuild movie, when they Bandai released it over here, they they did the 1.1, and then they like six months later, they released the 1.11 version which had more scenes and you know you know how they always screw you but this time thankfully they up and released like the version with all the whistles and bells for the first release supposedly you know yeah. the one that uh, japan got with all the extra scenes and you know commentary so that's okay but you know i give it if if you like Evangelion, I'd give these movies, you know, I'd recommend them. If you don't like Evangelion, I, I'd also recommend them, because like I said, it really looks like they're not going to go in the, you know, clusterfuck direction, so. <laughs> Mike, yeah. who who dubs the these movie versions? Is it Funimation? I believe it's, yeah, I believe it's Funimation, but they they actually got some of the uh, original uh, dub voices for, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same dude doing Shinji. I recognize oh, okay. the whininess. Okay. Nice. Um, to tie into our earlier, I guess you would almost call it a musical guest that started off our podcast, Brian would like to give a shout out to somebody we are actually familiar with. What was your awesome thing this week, sir? Well, actually, I have two awesome. Uh, the first one's real short. Based on the recommendation of Justin, Derek, Mike, and pretty much anyone to ask, I got Second Coming X-Men this week by a trade. I really enjoyed it, and everyone that said it was pretty awesome and kind of a throwback to old school X-Crossovers. 
they were all right. And I, I hope um, in a future episode we can discuss it. But regarding the music, yes, that's from a band named Bolus. I heard about Bolus on the Bot Talk message board because a Bot Talk me- is a member of the band. On the board, he goes by Headmaster Soundblaster. His real name is Nick Karsh. Anyways, these guys have been together since around like 2003. I think they met in high school. They had an album out in 2005 called Watch Your Step. I'm not sure if that's available or not besides on their website. But just last November, they released a new album, and that's what the sample from today is. The sample you heard earlier, a minute or two, uh, or a minute, um, or two of at the beginning of the podcast, that's a song called Those Who Saved Us. It's on the album called Delayed Reaction, and you can find that on Amazon. It's only $8.99. I downloaded it. It's a great album through and through. These guys play progressive rock, and they're they awesome at it. Like, they're all great musicians. So you can check them out, like I said, on Amazon. They have their songs on iTunes. You can also go to bolusmusic.com. That's B-O-L-U-S and music.com. So really good stuff. Cool, cool. Sounds like some really great stuff this week. As far as my awesome thing, probably not the greatest thing in the world, I admit, but I just, I don't know, I was really kind of digging on it myself because... You don't get a lot of cool things in the real world that are not, you know, quantifiable. The Walmart close to me is currently moving to a large superstore, and <laughs> I know this sounds very local, but there's nothing more awesome than going into a place and being able to buy a ton of DVDs for like five and ten dollars. And they had so many of them, and I, I seriously like like killed about fifty bucks just buying all these DVDs. <laughs> and <laughs> that was just my awesome thing for the week is being able to find. Pretty decent movies, too. I got, like, a lot of movies that I would normally be, like, 15 bucks. No, but $5? Yes. So I guess to make it a little bit more solidified, awesome thing of the week is being able to go to a store that's about to close and finding really, really cheap crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's cool. That was our awesome things for the week. Also, we have been getting a lot of emails. Okay, we've got, like, maybe five. But still, that's a lot to us, and we really care about what you think of us. Sometimes. Okay, I'm just kidding. We do appreciate all the emails we've been getting, and we want to kind of acknowledge our fans who've been sending them to us. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Brian. He's going to do our email acknowledgments of the week. Yeah, we got a, we had a couple quick messages, Cruiser Dave and one from Super God Genera. Basically, they're enjoying the show, which is awesome. Cruiser Dave wants to make sure that we do not get any more nude on the show unless we have Olivia Munn on as a guest spot. Just be thankful you can't see the Skype video cam as we do the show. We also had a message from Dextra. She writes to us, question for the guys. You guys never have any women on the podcast. Are you afraid of women? Yes. (laughs) And that pretty much sums up our emails for the week. Anyone out there, if you want to write us, you can send in comments, praise, criticism, questions. We'll try to get them on air fanspodcast at gmail.com so please send us mail we enjoy your feedback great great show this week we talked about a lot of awesome stuff we appreciate you guys coming here let's do us on fan holes every week we try to get something new up sometimes we're a little late but that's just because Derek is an awesome guy who makes sure that every episode sounds as great as it can totally come back as soon as we put the next cast up and join us every week here at fan holes peace yiggity yo From Tony Chainclaw and Brian Breakdown, Derek WC, Derek Thunderwing Mike, Justin Oh, the professor getting a little cranky. (laughs) Gamma's getting a little sleepy, share.